The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, episode 118. Captain DeBridge. Spock here. Make himself. Surrender is not an option. Attention crew of the Enterprise, this is James Kirk. We are all explorers, driven to know what's over the horizon, what's beyond our own shores. We would have helped you get home if you had asked. That's who Starfleet is. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Trek TV series, movies, and more. And today we're discussing the Discovery episode, Into the Forest I Go, the fall finale for the first season. Joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Very good, thanks. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Folks, if you have not yet done so, please subscribe to the, the podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or at the SQPN YouTube channel, where you should also hit the bell to get notifications of new episodes. So as I mentioned, today we're talking about the a first season Discovery episode. We're still making our way through those. But I just want to let you know, coming up October 15th, the new season of Star Trek Discovery, season three, is coming. And when it drops, we'll be talking about it every week. Every uh, Each new episode we'll be talking about so that following Monday, you can hear us talk about the most recent episode of Star Trek Discovery season three. So you have that to look forward to. And so if you have uh, no other Star Trek fans who are not yet subscribers to The Secrets of Star Trek, let them know. This is the time. Get in. Get in now. Don't miss any. So, uh, but we're talking about Into the Forest I Go, which, as I said, is the was the, uh, the f- end of the first half of the first season of Discovery. And this is the point after this at which Discovery got good. <laughs> yeah. Ish. <laughs> Ish. I mean, it has its highs and lows this first half of the first season, but it really hits its stride in the second half of the first season. Well, and, and this is, you know, we, we had discussed this way back when, when we just did kind of the quick overviews of season one of yep. Discovery. but. There was such turmoil in the first season of Discovery. You know, we had Brian Fuller, you know, the famous director, producer, I mean, right. fired. And that's when yes. Kurtzman came in. And this was my speculation. I, and I'm not, I know I'm not alone in this. Is The first half of the first season was Brian Fuller. The second half of the first season was when Kurtzman came in and changed everything. A very different and feel. And that's why the two, two halves of the seasons are so dramatic. And I, I don't remember if they had originally planned to have the mid-season break like they did, because they yeah. had, if I remember it was right, a month it was and a half, month and a half, yeah. So there was yeah. there was a significant period between the first half and the second half, which we didn't see with season two. Right. Well, and I like because you had Michelle Yeoh come back, which was a brilliant mm-hmm. uh, idea, uh, yep. and you lost uh, Jason Isaacs eventually, but uh, but that's more to the end of the the first season. Yep. I, I don't think I. I, I I like Jason Isaacs in this, so that's not, a, a, oh, yeah. I don't think, necessarily a commentary on him. I think one of the things that if, if it was Brian Fuller's idea, which was a good one, was the whole Vok Tyler thing. I think that was yep. great. Uh, so, I wonder how much of a difference it made in terms of overall plot. I'm sure that, I'm, I'm sure that you know, the, the new showrunner changed things 
and definitely the direction was different in season two. But mm-hmm. I don't know, and I, I know he changed things on the small level uh, in the second half of season one, or at least once he arrived. But in terms of the major plot beats, I don't right. know that it was different because you had always had the same actor playing yeah. Valk and Ash Tyler. Yes. Right. And that was right there in the first half of the first season. So I think that was right. originally, that, that reveal was originally planned. Well, that's what I mean. I think that was good that, that mm-hmm. Fuller came up with that. Yeah. Okay. Also, yeah. I think we were always headed to the mirror universe. Right. Yes. Because they've been setting up, since they first introduced Captain Lorca, they've been making a deal about his eyes yep. and yeah. needing to take those eye drops. And they've always had like, oh, he's got this secret torture lab and right. stuff like that. That's true. That's no, true. Yeah, that, that's I, true. I, I, I do agree with that. Absolutely. It's just there's a tone to the second half of the first season mm-hmm. that is so dramatically different. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it's things that commentators notice that it, it is a little more respectful to uh, canon. Again, there's still there's still arguments. People are still arguing about <laughs> well, you know, whether yes. or not Discovery is canon. But there, there's there's a little more respectfulness to canon in the second half than there was in the first half. A yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. There's there's a difference. There's definitely a difference. So let's talk about this uh, episode, Into the Forest I Go. The episode title is a comes from a quote from the naturalist John Muir. The full quote is, And into the forest I go to lose my mind and find my soul. Uh, so the, the writers of the episode say they chose it because they believed it especially reflected Michael Burnham's journey over the past eight episodes. I'm not sure. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm not sure I follow, but that's okay. <laughs> it's more Stamets, <laughs> than, if anything, because yeah, Stamets I, is the really, one who loses his mind yeah, and, and finds his soul. And goes into a mycological forest. That's yep. right. Yes. So the but the episode starts with uh, Admiral Terrell, the this the uh, I was going to say Spockish, the Vulcan Vulcan Admiral <laughs> dude. Admiral. He's discover he's ordering Discovery to return to the starbase from Pavo uh because the the Klingon sarcophagus ship is on the way uh and Discovery is too vulnerable. Uh but Lorca doesn't want to leave. He ostensibly because a the peaceful Pavans will be annihilated. Um why does Lorca really want to stay? Because of what he eventually does with Discovery Spore Drive? I don't think he has that plan yet. Yeah. And and he does come across, I mean, given what we know about him as viewers who've seen the full first season, mm-hmm. he's behaving awfully Starfleet here. Yeah. I mean, he seems yeah. genuinely concerned about the Pavans being wiped out by the Klingons. Yeah, I mean, I picked up on that right away at the beginning of the episode. He's and then he does a typical Starfleet thing of okay, let's bend the rules and comply with the orders to go to Starbase forty six. But the second the the Klingon ship gets here, we're going to warp back, yep. right? And and I need you, Mister Stamets, to have some trouble with your spore drive interfaces. So go down to sick bay and get checked out. So we'll have mm-hmm. a paper trail on that. And he makes the point when everyone's freaking out on the bridge. Uh, by the way, I like how he refers to, now that we've heard from the panicked Vulcan Admiral, <laughs> yes. which is kind of a nice portrayal of Vulcan panic, um, yeah. but after everyone's freaking out about, we're really going to Starbase 46, he's like, come on, folks, I have no intention of reaching our destination. Here's what we're going to do. But if you're going to break an order, it's a sound policy not to look like you're breaking an order. Yep. It's, it's the, it, well, it's the, it's the classic, oh, we'll get there as quick as we can, Admiral, but. Boy, you know, boy, we can't push the warp. 
drive past warp five. It's just, yeah. it's going to take, you know, there, there, there's too much damage, you know. Is there static on this line? I can't hear you yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> we'll get so, there as soon as we can in a week, you know, or yeah. three days it was. So in the meantime, he assigns Saru and Burnham to come up with a plan to break the Klingon cloaking device, to, 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 to get through it. And so they do, of course, because it's Star Trek and you always succeed in these things. And so they, they're going to exploit minute imperfections in the cloaking device. Uh, and it, there's all sorts of technobabble about how that's going to happen. The net effect is they got to beam over and plant a couple of transmitters on the ship to let them exploit those imperfections. But because it would take days under normal circumstances for enough data to come through, it's they, instead they're going to come up with a way for the ship to accelerate that by making 133 micro spore jumps to map the Klingon cloak in four minutes instead of four days. Right. So they're going to jump all around the ship of the dead from multiple angles so they can get readings on those transmitters from multiple angles. It's going to be like Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. Boop, 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 all around them. <laughs> <laughs> so meanwhile, uh, Lorca, his part of his plan to, like you said, to delay, you know, to, to have a, a reasonable uh, reason for not using the spore drive to go back to Starbase 46 is, oh, Stamets, go get your interfaces inspected in sickbay because something's wrong. And Stamets is like, oh, wait a minute. Um, I don't want Hugh Culber, Dr. Culber, to look at, you know, to examine me. Well, that's because Culber has figured out that something is changing in Stamets' brain because of mm-hmm. he's the interface for the spore drive. Um, and that's going to be a big deal coming up. So when Lorca proposes to Stamets doing these 133 jumps, because like, Stamets is like, I'll do one more jump. That's it. Uh, and then I'm done. I can't do it anymore. And Lorca's like, no, we, I need to do 133, and here's why. And he yep. shows a map to Stamets that includes parallel universes hmm, connected to the mycelial network. And the more jumps they make, the more they map the network and then make it possible to jump to a parallel universe. What do you know? That could be very convenient for somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he sells it to uh, Stamets on the grounds that you're an explorer. You could have stayed in a lab somewhere, but you came out here. And so once we win this war, we can just keep going with the exploration and explore these parallel universes. Right. And then uh, they're going to have a boarding party. has to beam over surreptitiously to the Klingon ship and place the sensors. Lorca at first refuses to let Burnham go. And he doesn't have a real good reason. And so, and she gives him this argument that convinces him that she's the most qualified, which she is, of course. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, it's explained by, again, what we learn about the relationship between the mirror Burnham and Lorca in the mm-hmm. other universe and why he needs her in the other universe, which explains why he pulled her off the prison shuttle in the first place. Uh, he, right. he, needs, he needs this Burnham for his future plans. So, but he has to let her go because it's this, he got to get to the other universe for it to work. For her to be valuable in his plan anyway. So the Klingon ship shows up, and just before they, as they drop shields and raise the, cl- the cloak, they take their sweet time beaming over. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, he drives me crazy. It, be standing on the pad and hit the button. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, in the real world, it'd be like, okay, we need, we've got this, you know, five second window to beam over. We're going to make sure we're ready to go so that they just have to hit the go button. <laughs> nope, but of course, like, this is, this is Star Trek. So they, they, you know, they got all the time in the world. They could go have lunch and then get on the transporter <laughs> pad as the 
Chip is cloaking. Right. I, I do like how they crouch down to make themselves smaller targets and have yes. their weapons already in their hands, raised, ready to fire when yes. they beam over in case they in case they beam into a spot where there are people. Finally, somebody's ready to beam into a dangerous situation. <laughs> <laughs> so they beam aboard. Uh, they place the first sensor. It, it goes according to plan because, of course, it does. Uh, perhaps blinking lights and beeps aren't the best idea yeah, for a the big, secret big sensor. Noticeable, big noticeable <laughs> connection to USS Discovery established. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might as well have the AOL like, boop, boop, shh, you're, you've yeah. got new mail. <laughs> you know, what this really reminded me of, and then after they get it set up and it establishes the connection to Discovery, it's like awaiting second probe. Yes. And it's like, okay, we're setting, we're using Alexa to set up our home network for the smart home lights here. <laughs> That's right, right. And, it, and then it continues to beep and blink. Beep, beep, yep. beep. Yeah. Anyway, as they're, as they're making their way through, they real, they've got um, s- uh, devices to mask their human life signs, which is, again, a nice little detail that uh, mm-hmm. it was always a problem in the, before. But they say, oh, there's another human on board. We need to stop and check it out because there must be another human prisoner. They find it's Admiral Cornwell, mm-hmm. who's still in that room where she was thrown by Laurel. And Laurel's in there the, with all the dead, dismembered Klingons of Laurel's posse. And uh, Tyler freezes up upon seeing Laurel and starts having this post-traumatic uh, vision of being tortured by her. Or as, as far as we know, it's torture. Um, later on, we'll find out it's surgery. Well, it's sort of torture surgery. Why didn't you just give him an anesthetic? <laughs> exactly. It's because they're Klingons. Klingons and they're Klingons. They don't do that. <laughs> yeah. What's anesthetic? Uh, so uh, that leaves it up to Burnham to have to stun Laurel, and he kind of he goes into shock. So it's sort of an effective portrayal of tra- traumatic stress and shock. And uh, Cornwell is luckily she's a, a, psychi- a psychiatrist, and so she recognizes mm-hmm. shock and. Uh, she's also been disabled. She, she can't move her legs, so her she's got a spinal injury of some sort. So she can't stand, can't help herself. That, but Burnham, she sends Burnham like, "Look, you have to go set the sensor, come back, and then we'll all beam off together." He's no good to you right now, so go do it. So Burnham goes to the bridge. I, I like Cornwell's uh, acting and scripting in this mm-hmm. scene because as soon as Burnham wakes her up. You know, she's got to, like, give her a hypospray even to wake her up. Right. And Ash is freaking out, and Burnham has to, like, get him over to the wall. After she stuns Lorel, yep. she has to, like, get, get Ash, help him over to the wall where Cornwell is. And Cornwell immediately, and she's saying, I'm, I'm specialist Michael Burnham, and she says, state your mission specialist. Right. And and that's a that's a very I, I really like that. That's very efficient. It's mm-hmm. very military. It's there's obviously a reason that Burnham mm-hmm. is here on the Klingon ship. So right. state your mission specialist. Right. And it's like we've got to plant these things. Okay. And well, you're going to have to go do that by yourself because I've treated people with post traumatic stress disorder, and he's not going to be a help to you anytime soon. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah. Very effective uh, scene and. Uh, uh, is is at this point where she uh, Burnham calls Discovery and lets Lorca know that Cornwell is alive, which could yep. be very bad for Lorca if she uh, gets, starts talking to other people. So he's he, you could tell he's a little like oh she is. Of course, you know, of course you do have the the typical Star Trek here where 
you know, the first probe gets put in some storage room that no one ever enters into like ever and puts behind boxes. <laughs> the other one has to be right in the corner of the bridge, of the bridge. where everybody can see it. <laughs> right. So she, she gets there somehow and uh, starts, places the second sensor, turns it on, and Discovery starts its jumping about like a uh, jumping bean. And Stamets, meanwhile, is succumbing to the effects of the jumps. You can tell it's taking a toll on him, and Culber is worried, and uh, so is Tilly. Cole wants to warp away. The, 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 Klingon, Cole, the Klingon leader. Yeah, he wants to warp away because he realizes Discovery's jumps mean they're up to something. And by the way, thankfully, at this point, Burnham has opened her communicator, and the Universal Translator is translating for us so we don't have to listen to Klingon and read it on the screen. <laughs> we can actually hear what they're saying. Uh, so he wants to jump away because they're obviously Discovery's doing something. And so Burnham says, which I would have hoped that Lorca and the others would have thought of. Like, do you think the Klingon's is just going to stand there for four minutes while you jump around them like a crazy uh, rabbit? You know, but yeah, uh, they should have they should be like firing an occasional low power laser beam, you know, uh, every fifth jump or something to make it seem like it's a kind of attack. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, Burnham decides to distract him. She starts shooting, uh, then says, I want to talk to Cole. She's, you know, trying to delay him. So she, she accuses Cole of having no honor, says she was the one who killed Takufma. Um, and, you know, she, she knows how to manipulate uh, Cole and, and get his, uh, his sense of honor riled up. Well, it helps, too, that she meet, the first person she shoots is the helmsman. Yeah, yeah. It's difficult. <laughs> Go to warp. Oh, there's nobody there anymore. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah. I, I I did like and this is nice improvising on Burnham's part, you know, yeah. to keep the plan going. I have at this point in my notes lost track of taking notes. Because <laughs> this actually got interesting enough I forgot to take yeah. notes over part of this. And that's good. so yeah. it, so that's a good sign. Exactly. So, it, so yeah, it, it's true. I, sometimes I have to stop and back, backtrack when I'm doing this because I'm supposed <laughs> to be taking notes. Tyler comes out of his shock uh, just in time to defend himself in Cornwell from some Klingons who show up in the room. So we have, so he's coming out of it. Back on the bridge, Burnham challenges Cole to a duel. So we have knife fight, you know, which yep. she would totally lose right away because, <laughs> it, let's be honest, <laughs> yeah. Cole is obviously bigger, stronger. And a Klingon who who walks around with two knives on him. I mean, come on. But she's but she's you know Vulcan trained, so she knows all the martial arts ever made. So yes. she's good. Yes. Uh, at this at this point, uh, in the middle of this, Laurel wakes up uh, after cracking through the, the 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 cloak with the algorithm. Tyler and Cornwell are beamed out first, uh, but Laurel jumps into the transport beam, which is incredibly dangerous, as Kirk told mm -hmm. uh, Jillian back in uh, Voyage Home, uh, and then. Uh, Burnham manages to beam off the Klingon ship in mid-fight. In fact, in mid-air, they beam her off. Yeah, uh, she jumps over the railing, fall, falling from one level to another after, on the bridge. After, after she grabs uh, Georgia's combat yeah. or little badge, not combat, just her little badge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, now that they can see the ship of the dead uh, through the cloak, Lorca orders them to destroy it. So, ship of the dead is dead. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what I have. Ship of dead, dead. <laughs> and then a note that we're only two-thirds of the way through the episode. Right. So we've had the major climax. We're going to have a really long anti-climax. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Lorca, at this point, as I, I put in my notes, seems nonplussed that Cornwell was rescued. 
Uh, but she's sent off by emergency uh, ambulance shuttle to the starbase ahead of Discovery for reasons. Uh, why not yeah. just well, they bring sent her, her to a different one. They sent her a different one because she went to Starbase 88 and they were Discovery was sent to 46. Oh, okay. Mm. So you can imagine 88 is like the, you know, the, the military, uh, the army uh, hospital. Yeah. Landstuhl Air Base in, in Ramstein, Germany. Yeah, she was <laughs> sent to Starbase 4077. Yeah, <laughs> yes. there you go. Where Hawkeye will treat her. Uh, so Burnham, uh, meanwhile, goes to see Ash after the episode. They go to his quarters. Uh, she notes that he'd been had a facade. She tells him, you've had this facade all this time of that you have that you were fine after being a prisoner. And now that facade has been stripped away. And I'm like, oh. That's kind of interesting, because <laughs> there's still a facade there that neither yeah. of them know about. Uh, the facade goes even deeper. Uh, so it's very interesting the writer's kind of tweaking at us, uh, let it tell, you know, in plain sight, hiding things. He tells Burnham about Laurel torturing him, but then he encouraged her affections for him and giving in to him. So interesting, uh, you know, uh, 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 kids may listen to this, so I don't want to give too much away, but... Um, he is a survivor of a particular kind of abuse here that they're yep. portraying him yeah. as. Um, Which they show us some of. Yes, unfortunately. A little uh, yeah. too graphically, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, it, yeah, took four hours for them to film for some reason. Uh, very weird. Uh, mm. So, uh, I, and they go into all kinds of other details on the, in the story online, but uh, necessary. I, I, didn't, I thought it was a little gratuitous, frankly. Um, it didn't. Yeah. Uh, agreed, yeah. Fortunately, it goes by fairly quickly. Yeah. Mm. So. Meanwhile, Lorca manipulates Stamets into agreeing to one more jump. So this is where Stamets says, "I'll give you one more jump." Actually, it's not. I, I, I. That's what I thought was happening. So Vulcan Admiral Dude tells Lorca that we're giving you the Legion of Honor medal, and yeah. then we have we cut to the shuttle bay for reasons that it's pretty <laughs> looking out the shuttle bay. Yeah. Yes. And you've got Stamets standing there, and Lorca comes up to him and says, they're going to give me a medal for winning this battle, but it was all you, so I told him to give the medal to you. Right. And I thought, oh, how interesting. He is he's manipulating. Oh, and, and then he says, oh, and we'll, we're going to head back to Starbase 46 now. We'll do it by warp so you don't have to jump. And the Klingons are coming hot on for revenge and stuff after losing the ship of the dead. And I thought, oh, he's uh, he's manipulating him into mm-hmm. doing another jump, but he's actually not. Mm-hmm. Stamets says, oh, it, it's okay. If the ship is in danger, I'll do another jump. And he's like, okay, that's great. And then we can keep exploring after the war is over. And it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I mean, only one more jump. Yeah ever right so it's stamets's decision to only ever do one more jump that forces the decision on Lorca. Right? Okay. He, he act, I, even though it, up to that point you could you could understand this as he's manipulating stamets he's actually not and it's it's when stamets says i'm only ever going to do one more jump that Lorca makes the decision it forces his hand uh, yeah because he's got the data he needs now, and maybe he would have wanted to wait a little bit before yeah. going from that point. But yeah, okay. Like maybe win the war that he's been fighting or something. Right. Exactly. And, and this is <laughs> this is when Lorca says, uh, after this, it's a whole new chapter for Discovery. Uh, that's a little fourth wall breaking <laughs> there. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a couple of fourth wall breaks in this, this last couple of scenes. I mean, it, it, <laughs> yeah. this should start to set things right. 
That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Tyler, um, after having his dream memory of Laurel, that the the uh, of the explicit thing, he goes to her in the brig, where she says, uh, "Don't worry, I won't let them hurt you." And and it, so it's not like for some reason he he feels compelled to go to her, and she doesn't treat him like oh a, you're a former pr- a prisoner who's now come to gloat over my capture. She's like. Oh no! Soon we'll be we'll be back together. Like she's kind of like, so clearly she's she thinks Vok is remembering. She she even says the word soon to him. Yes. Yep. Right. Um. So ambiguously. Uh, ambiguously. So yes. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, so something has gone wrong in her and Vok's plan. Obviously, uh, that she doesn't realize yet. So as they're about to jump, do the spore drive jump. Uh, Lorca accesses the controls on his chair, and we see him accessing the nav- navigation controls. He enters a new navigation uh, point, which, you know, the, it's not the navigator, the helmsman doing it. It's him uh, himself. And well, he says, let's go home. Yeah, and they jump, and Stamets cries out in pain, so something is going wrong with the jump. We don't know what. When yeah. they materialize, they're not at Starbase 46. They're surrounded by Klingon wreckage. They can't determine the known navigational beacons that should be out there and so saru says we don't know where we are and that's our cliffhanger yes but the sequence went by so fast yeah where Lorca punches information into his console on his chair that people didn't notice its significance it's just like oh okay he's doing something on his chair he's maybe setting a yeah, destination right. and then it all goes wrong right and what people had to do was go back and walk through what he did frame mm-hmm. by frame to realize the significance because you get this list of all the jumps they've made recently and then down at the bottom it says like uh, command override destination right. unknown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you realize at that point that's what he was doing. He was inputting a command override to yeah. the unknown destination so Lorca knows where they are and nobody else does. But when you first watch this episode, you initially think he's just doing a normal thing. Right. And you don't realize he's brought them here. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that's so very well shot, you know, to, to give great, you know, credit for that, that scene where it's just so non, nonchalant, you know, nobody on the bridge would have noticed. Obviously people watching didn't, didn't notice. No, it, they did. They actually did such a good job of kind of hiding this. Right. But hiding it was in, in plain, plain sight. sight. Hiding in plain sight. Literally. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was there. It's just, um, and it, it kind of strikes me as you're, you're talking, Jimmy, it's like, this is something they could only do now with high definition that mm-hmm. they could not have done the original Star Trek TNG DS nine would have been very difficult to do to have yeah. that level of detail in the scene Yeah, that if you just looked at it close enough on, you know, big enough screen or zoomed in go, Oh, they just laid it right out there in front of you. You also, you also, we're also in an environment now where people have this on their recorders or they're streaming it and they can go back and watch it the way you couldn't on broadcast television. And we've got the internet. So the fans who catch it can alert those who haven't caught it yet. Right. The YouTube channels with all of the 20 Easter eggs you missed in the latest episode (laughs) of Discovery. (laughs) (laughs) Which, yeah, Lorca is wearing a com badge. Like, (laughs) <laughs> that's not so much an Easter egg, uh, but uh, we'll yeah. we'll yeah. go with that anyway. Uh, so th- right, and they're in the midst of this wreckage, and we get the fall finale coming up 
you know, in the, in, you know, the next half of the season. They don't really tell mm-hmm. us much, but uh, we we kind of hang there. And th- this was a very quick discussion for us. I mean, we're only about half an hour into our discussion. Yeah, this was an action-packed episode. We don't you know go over all the different bits yeah. of action. That's why it's short because <laughs> exactly action sequences and car chases mean nothing of significance is going to happen plot-wise until the right. action is over. Right, right, and there's some good action. Uh, you know, the, the yeah. As much as I, I kind I of stop taking notes at one point. Yeah, yeah. As much as I mock uh, Burnham fighting Cole in a knife fight, it's still a pretty good action sequence. I have to say. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it, and there's some good repartee back and forth. But uh, yeah, it, it's interesting though how that this is probably one of the most enjoyable first season episodes of Discovery. Yeah, I mean, but it does go. It just goes. It goes quick. I mean, I, I was surprised when I was watching it how quickly. The yep. episode went, you know, it's like, oh, we're at the end of the episode already. Although, yeah. you know, the last, the last third does drag a little bit, you know, comments so, about that, you know, we get through yeah. the whole, you know, exploding, you know, ship of the dead is now dead and we still got a third of the episode left and that did drag <laughs> a little bit, but not too bad. It's like that classic Simpsons line from the Apu episode. Well, that seemed to wrap up uh, much more quickly than usual. <laughs> yeah. As Homer <laughs> says. <laughs> uh, so Father Corey, any final notes on this episode? Uh, well, just kind of one interesting thing is, you know, they're, they're, when they come back to Pavo, they, they spore jump out of warp, which we don't see. We've mm. never we've never seen before. And I'm sure they didn't mm. put any thought behind it, but it's just kind of funny. They're at warp, and also, oh, now we're spore jumped. Oh, that's yeah, right. that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jimmy? Nope. All right. So as we wrap things up, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Trek, including Alan V, Colin M, Max T, Colleen M, and Jed D. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits the show for us every week. So that's it from us. What did you think of Into the Forest I Go, the, this end of the Discovery first season fall portion? Uh, you can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash trek or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or send an email to trek at sqpn.com. We won't be coming back to the first season of Discovery until we've watched the third season of Discovery, as I mentioned at the top of the show. So, But I think that makes a nice little dividing line. We'll have a few other episodes of Star Trek and the other series uh, before Discovery Season 3 begins. But next time, we'll be discussing the original series episode, Miri. Until then, Father Cory Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Trek. Well, thank you, though. And Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Bonk, 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 bonk. <laughs> That's from Miri. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. You stole my quote from that episode, Jimmy. No, just kidding. <laughs> thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. And remember, if you're planning on disobeying a direct order, best not to advertise the fact.